Welcome to Next Level Greatness, the podcast. Around here, we'll be talking about all things expansion, going from good to great and from great to greatness. I'm your host, Barbie Collab. Get ready for your next level. Let's do this. Good morning, everyone. My name is Barbie Kalev. I am Sugi Kalev's wife from Team Kalev, and I am so beyond excited. I can hardly contain myself. We have a super, super special guest today, Bill Walcott. He is a dear, dear friend and mentor to us. I truly, truly mean it. You are just a shining light and and such, you're going to see this, you guys, throughout the call. You are one of the calmest, kindest, and I know you won't want me to say this, but it's true. It's truly, truly one of the most brilliant men that we know, and we love you so much. Personally, you have impacted our lives so much, and metabolic typing has just transformed my health and my life. So we are so excited to share Bill Walcott with you today. So first, just a little introduction. I don't want to sound like a robot reading this, but I think it's important to get out what you are and what you do. So you are the world's leading authority on metabolic typing. It's a revolutionary dietary technology that enables people to optimize their health and fitness by identifying this is the cash or the thing, their own highly individualized nutritional needs and tailoring their diets accordingly. So you are a nutritional expert. You have a very unique background. First of all, metabolic typing has been around for 40 years, but you have over about 30 years of providing technical consulting services to health professionals throughout the United States and Europe, including MDs, nutritionists, naturopaths, and chiropractors. You've developed a computer-based, customized metabolic profiles on hundreds of thousands of patients. So with that, welcome our dear friend and mentor, Bill. We're so excited to have you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And I'm so embarrassed by that introduction. I I hope I'm not blushing too much, but a little. very very kind words. But it's really great to be here with you. We're so excited. You know, we've been talking for years and we've never actually had a face-to-face. So this is the first time that we see each other. It's just so great to meet you. All right, let's get started. You know, a lot of times we embark on, I don't want to call it a diet, but we hear of this and we're like, okay, well, I'm following metabolic typing and metabolic typing is a system. And there are so many people, you've helped hundreds of thousands of people with the metabolic typing program, but can we begin at the very basic question of, first of all, what is a metabolic type and what is metabolic typing? Yeah, sure. So um, it's such a big topic. You know, it's such a huge thing to talk about, but probably the easiest way to talk about it is to talk about genes. I mean, mm-hmm. genes are becoming more and more um, talked about in the news and yeah in the alternative and orthodox, orthodox health fields. And it really is a, a really exciting topic. So everybody knows that we have genes, right? Genes define who we are, defines you know, what we look like, how tall we are, the color of our hair, color of our eyes, all of those different things. So we've inherited these genetic 
programs that define us as biological individuals. But that's not where the story ends, because who we really are on a day-to-day basis is how our genes get expressed. So you may have heard the term genotype. Genotype is our genetic type, what we are born with. Our phenotype is how those genes get expressed. Do the good genes turn on or do they get turned off by things that we do in our life? Or do the bad genes get turned on and give us some health problems? You know, what exactly happens? That's our phenotype. So a metabolic type really is your phenotype. A metabolic type is the genetically inherited strengths and weaknesses that we all have that define us as individuals. So, you know, we all have these different strengths and weaknesses, right? Some people have strong digestion. Some people have weak digestion. Some people have strong hearts. Other people have weak hearts. But all of those things that define us in terms of these strengths and weaknesses, they're really on every level of the body. So it's not just what we see externally. It's also internally in terms of the size of our organs and the shapes of our organs. You know, everybody thinks that a stomach looks a certain way, but actually stomachs have all different types of shapes and sizes. Everybody thinks the heart's on the left. That's not true for everybody. Some people it's in the center. Some people it's on the right. This genetic individuality on every level. So not only is it in terms of the organs and glands, in terms of their sizes and shapes, but also in terms of how they function, how efficient they are. And if you go even deeper into the body, into the tissues, and then into the cells, we also differ on all of those levels as well. And the important thing is that these genetic differences also extend to the kinds of foods and nutrients that are good for us and that are bad for us. And again, that's kind of common knowledge, and yet we don't really think in those terms. I mean, the whole universe seems to think about, well, what's the right diet? What's the healthy diet for everybody? But the interesting thing is that there's no such thing. There's no one diet that's right for everybody. Why? Because of your metabolic type. Your metabolic type is unique to you. So not only do you have these genetically inherited strengths and weaknesses in in terms of how you function, but you also have genetically inherited bases for what foods and nutrients are right for you. So the result is that the foods and the nutrients which might give you energy and give you strength and stamina and well-being and cause you to lose weight or, or have you know, your perfect ideal genetic weight, those same foods are going to do the opposite to me. They're going to make me gain weight. They're going to cause me to lose energy. They're going to make me depressed. They're going to have all kinds of negative effects. Why? Because of our genes. Our genes dictate what is right and what is wrong. So that's what a metabolic type is. A metabolic type is your unique individual genetically inherited strengths and weaknesses that define how foods and nutrients affect you. And that's the interesting thing. You know, it's not what somebody says in a book. It's not what somebody says in a webinar on the internet. It's not what your friend says is is really a good diet or, or good nutrients for you. It's not what works for your sibling. It's not what works for your wife or your husband. It's what works for you. And you are unique. Every single person is totally unique. And we know that, right? We know that. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So why do we think that there's one diet for everybody? It's crazy. So 
that said, and there are some people that have done metabolic typing who are listening to this and then some people that have not, but they've heard of it perhaps. Mm -hmm. So what is metabolic typing, the system? Yeah. Well, it's just the systematic, testable, repeatable, verifiable means of identifying your metabolic type. But that goes into a lot of different factors because getting back to our genes and our genotype and and what that is and how that gets expressed into the phenotype, that depends on everything that you do in life. It depends on what you eat, what you drink, how you sleep, how you play, how much rest you get, what kind of stress you're under, what kind of relationships you have. In fact, every millisecond that goes by, thousands of genes are turning on and off all the time in our systems. And those turning on and turning off are dependent upon our lifestyle, what we do, what we eat, how we exercise, whether we overtrain or undertrain or or get too little exercise or get too much exercise. Everything that we do in life is having a direct influence on our genes. So metabolic typing is a system that we've developed that specifically identifies an individual's metabolic type, which then can tell us precisely what foods are right for you and what foods are wrong for you. That's just amazing. And I can attest to it. I mean, I feel better when I eat certain foods and I don't feel well when I eat other foods. So that explains why your metabolic type would change or can change over time, depending on life circumstances, because that's a question that I see a lot that comes up a lot. Wait, why do I have to retest if I've done metabolic typing, if I've tested, you know, let's say six months ago. So remember last year, I was a mixed oxidizer dominant. Since then I've had surgery. I got into a car accident and now I've shifted. And, And so that explains it, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. If you do all the right things to support your metabolic type, or to say it differently, if you do all the right things that meet the needs of your genes, your genetically based requirements, then life is smooth. Life is great. You feel terrific. You have plenty of energy. You don't get sick. Or if you do get sick, you recover really fast. All the good things happen. But the more things that you do that are contrary to those genetically based requirements, then your strengths that you've inherited, they start to weaken and eventually they start to break down. So as an example, if you are born a metabolic type that we call a sympathetic dominant, sympathetic dominant classically is like a type A personality, got plenty of drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what <laughs> they have plenty of drive, plenty of motivation. They're go-getters. They love to accomplish things. They're highly motivated. They have strong adrenals. They have strong thyroid function. You know, they have all kinds of good qualities that help them be very energetic in life. Well, if they live a poor lifestyle and they do a lot of negative things, then they can literally bomb out that sympathetic dominance. They can weaken those genetically inherited strengths. And as a result of that, eventually, if that continues, eventually, that sympathetic dominant metabolic type pattern can weaken and actually shift into a parasympathetic dominant, the opposite type of metabolism. So based upon how we live our lifestyle, it has an influence every millisecond on our genes and how our genes are functioning. 
You know what I love about what you're saying is that a lot of times I think we feel out of control in terms of just what we're able to control in our lives. And am I correct in thinking that this puts us back in the driver's seat? If we want to be healthy, if we want to feel a certain way, we're the ones that can control that for the most part. Something can happen, but. Yeah, exactly. That raises something really, really important to me. And that is. I want everybody to know that listens to this, that hears about metabolic type, and I want everybody to know that they are genetically designed to be perfect, to have abundant energy, to have stable moods, to not have cravings and and hunger all the time, to not gain weight, or to not lose weight when you don't want to. I mean, your body is designed to be perfect. The only reason it's not is one of two things. Number one, either you are not giving your body all the things that it needs. I mean, it's like your genes are sitting there saying, all right, now I need this, 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 and this in order to function. If you give that to me, everything's great. If you don't, we got problems. So if you give the body what it needs, then you're going to function optimally. So that's number one. If you don't give your body everything that it needs, It is unable to function the way it's designed to function. And number two, if you have what we call stressors and blocking factors in your lifestyle, and there are a lot of those, and we get into those in our metabolic type program, that's phase three of the program. But if you have a lot of these stressors and blocking factors, they literally block the gene's ability to function normally. So if you wake up in the morning and you don't have so much energy, you can hardly stay in bed. And if that energy doesn't continue throughout the day, if, if you eat a meal, and after your meal, you don't feel terrific, if your energy doesn't get jacked up, if your mind doesn't get clear, if your emotions don't feel you know, like you want to skip around and sing a song or whistle a tune, or you know, <laughs> laugh or play or go play tennis. My the case. reason I'm laughing, you guys, is because every time I talk to Bill... It's like he's skipping and dancing. Like, you know, you really are such a vibrant person. So it's not BS. He really is that way. Even the other day I said, Bill, you're always in a good mood. It's like, life is terrific. So. Yeah. I mean, so that's the message of metabolic typing. What you said is right. It's up to us. It's our choice. The choices that we make either stimulate and fuel our genes to function optimally or go the other direction. And if it goes the other direction, you know, one or two or three or 10 times, that's okay. But if that's what you're doing every single day, then you are tearing yourself down. You are breaking down your body. You are breaking down your genes. They are going to start working against you instead of for you. I mean, just always think to yourself, I'm genetically programmed. I am designed to be perfect, to function perfectly. So every single person that's listening, I don't care what your state is. I don't care if you're 400 pounds overweight. I don't care if you're depressed. I don't care if you're anxious. I don't care if you have a diagnosed degenerative disease. That's not how you were designed. And if you were not designed that way, that means that can be undone. It can be reversed. Degeneration can turn into regeneration. How? By giving your body what it's designed to have and by getting rid of all those things that shouldn't be in your lifestyle. When you do that, then nature kicks in. And when I say that, 
I mean something incredibly powerful. I mean, everything that takes place in nature, look at this universe that we live in, from the microcosm, the very, very subtlest level of, of creation to the macrocosm, where we have planets, we have, we have solar systems, we have galaxies, they're all revolving around each other, and everything is happening in perfect order. Everything is perfect. So that same intelligence that is running the entire universe at every single level of existence, it's running you, or at least it's trying to. So these genes that we have, it's a genetic blueprint. It's like a computer program, this perfect program that is, it's programmed so that you are designed to run and and function perfectly. It's always trying to run. It's on an endless loop, always trying to run. But in order to, to run efficiently, You've got to give the body what it needs, and you've got to get rid of the stuff that shouldn't be there. And what do you do? Amazing things happen. Absolutely amazing things. And you don't even have to try to make them happen. You don't have to try to lose weight. The I was just that's, coming off. Absolutely. I mean, I have several things to say to that. Number one, the first thing that I heard you when we spoke on the phone, and I heard you say that the human body, that every trillions, all through, I don't know how many trillion cells are designed to help us be perfect. To me, that was a novel concept. It just hit me that disease, I think that in our society, we've come to accept that disease and not feeling well is just a normal part of life. And I was listening to a seminar that you did, and you were talking about a population, an indigenous population that they don't even, I mean, that gives me goosebumps. They don't even have the word for disease. Like there doesn't even exist. And so hearing that just opened my eyes to a new reality and is making me reject that feeling fatigued, having disease is, is normal, but we've accepted it as normal. Secondly, I had been dieting since I was 14 years old. I've done it all. The Scarsdale diet, the low-fat diet. I haven't tried the high-fat diet, but it turns out that I'm I'm not supposed to eat that way at all. And so ever since I've been doing metabolic typing and then advanced metabolic typing with the food sensitivities because of my, my issues, I, I just don't struggle with weight anymore. I just eat the foods that I'm supposed to eat in the amounts that I'm supposed to eat. And I, I don't even think about my weight, whereas it was a 24-7 hour obsession before because I always had to manipulate and I wasn't eating the way that my body was supposed to. That's right. That's exactly it. You can't even force your body to lose weight. Nature is stronger than you are. I tried. If you don't give the body what it needs, you're going to have problems. You're going to have cravings. You're going to have insatiable appetite. You're going to eat and be physically full, but you're going to still be hungry. Why? Because you're not giving your body what it needs. When we talk about that, when we say you're not giving your body what it needs, we're actually talking about cellular metabolism. You mentioned the cells in the body. That's another mind-blowing element of the human body. The human body has somewhere between 70 and 100 trillion cells. That's a number that we say, oh, yeah, that's a big number. But when you really break that down and see how big a number that is, it's mind-blowing. Like if I had a stopwatch and I clicked it and we went to... 100 trillion seconds into the future. Do you know what day it would be? Do you know how long into the future that would be? No. <laughs> it would be around one and a half million years. Wow. So that's how many seconds is the equivalent of the cells in our human body. So our cells are what we can think of as our 
engines of metabolism. So whether it's a brain cell or bone cell or heart cell or liver cell or skin cell or you know, any cell in our body, any of these 100 trillion cells, they're like our engines of metabolism because what we eat eventually makes it into our cells. So our food is fuel for our cells, but it's more than just calories. It's also energy. And that's the key to good health. Because if your cells don't get the right kind of fuel, meaning if you don't eat according to your metabolic type, or you say it differently, if you don't give your genes the kind of food, the kind of fuel that they need, then your cells can't produce the energy they need. And again, whether it's a brain cell or a heart cell or a liver cell or a muscle cell, the body will start to not function the way it was designed to function. So instead of this, you know, this feel-good state that I'm talking about that is your, your genetic inheritance that every single person should be feeling, you're not going to be feeling that way. Why? Because you're not giving your body what it's genetically designed to have. So the cells can't convert the calories that you're giving it because they're the wrong kind. It's the wrong kind of fuel. It's like trying to put diesel into a gasoline engine. If you do that, it's not going to work. If you try to put gas into a diesel engine, that doesn't work. So if you give the right fuel to the right kind of engine, now you've got something going. And the same is true with your body. If you give your cells the kind of fuel that they need, then they produce optimal energy in every single cell. Now, all of your cells, all of your tissues, all of your organs, all of your glands, all of your systems, your entire body, and all the functions in your body, they're jacked up to the optimum. That's our birthright. That's our genetic inheritance. I love that. I love that you say that it's our birthright because I think that so many of us have simply forgotten that. Can we go back? And this is all related, but again, I saw something um, where you were talking about how metabolic types evolve, that there are different lands and populations. Yes. And it was when I heard this part that just, it made perfect sense to me. Whereas before I thought it was just this like, okay, you know, Bill Walker came up with this metabolic typing out of nowhere and it, it works. So I'm following it. But when I really heard you talk about the different indigenous people and population, right. it made up, it, it just became very clear. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So probably the easiest way to understand the concept of a metabolic type or why there would be such a thing you know, why is everybody different? Why are we all the same? Well, there's a really simple, easy, and good explanation for that. And that explanation is that human beings have populated really almost every nook and cranny on this planet, right? I mean, there's very few places on this planet that people have not populated. And what happened when different groups of people moved to different locations on the globe, then evolutionary forces of adaptation, natural selection, genetic mutation, and survival of the fittest, these evolutionary forces kind of took over, so to speak. And what happened as a result is that those human beings whose genes were suited to the geography, to the climate, and the foods that were naturally available in those localities, those human beings thrived. And those who had genes whose cells couldn't accept the kinds of foods that were naturally available and convert it into optimal energy and thereby optimal function, those people couldn't really produce 
offspring. They were barren. They just didn't survive. Their bloodlines really just didn't survive. Or they, the weak ones, you know, they died in the knife fight or they couldn't get away from the predators of the area, whatever it might be. The so weak genes for that locality were weeded out through these evolutionary forces, adaptation, natural selection, genetic mutation, and survival to the fittest. So different group indigenous peoples in, in different localities on this planet began to thrive on the foods that were naturally available. And when you think about how different those foods are in these different localities, then you can begin to understand how there can be different metabolic types and how some people can thrive on one diet and really crash on a different diet and vice versa. Would you give the example of the Inuit? Is it Inuit, the Gaskamo and yeah. the Quechua people? Yeah, in fact, a lot of listeners probably have heard of Weston A. Price. He was a a very brilliant researcher. He was a dentist, but a very brilliant researcher. And he uh, traveled the globe and he visited 14 different indigenous cultures. And he was really most interested originally in, in terms of their health, in terms of their dental health, their cavities and so forth. So he traveled to all these different indigenous cultures and what he found was pretty amazing. But he went to 14 different cultures. He went to the Swiss he went to the Gaelics, he went to the Eskimos or the Inuit, he went to the Indians, the different Indian tribes in, in Northwest and Central Canada and the United States. He went to the Aborigines in Australia, he went to the Melanesians and the Polynesians, a number of different tribes in Africa, in Malay, uh, the Maori in New Zealand, the Peruvian and Amazonian Indians. So he traveled all over and he looked at their health and he found something amazing. He found that all of these different indigenous cultures who were all eating totally different kinds of foods, because why? Because of their geographical location. Some lived in the Arctic where there's snow and ice and there's no lemon trees that they could reach outside of their igloo and grab yeah. them, right? So, I mean, the, those the people in those areas lived on all protein and fat and literally almost no carbohydrates at all, no fruits, no vegetables, no grains. There's a very little fruits like blueberries that they had, but very little fruits to speak of, very little carbohydrates. And then you look at other tribes that were living on very high carbohydrate diets, very little protein and fat. So two totally polar opposites and then everything in between. And what he found though, was all these indigenous peoples in all the different parts of the, of the globe, they all were perfectly healthy. They had perfect teeth. They didn't get cavities. They didn't get emotional problems, you know, like mm -hmm. depression and anxiety. Depression, anxiety, right. And, you know, it's mind-blowing. These indigenous cultures, all of them, they didn't have degenerative diseases. And degenerative diseases are what plague modern society. Degenerative diseases are the ones that are not infectious. So everything that's not an infection that is a disease. That's a like heart disease, disease and cancer, diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, ALS, MS, all the neurodegenerative diseases, all of the autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. None of these indigenous cultures had degenerative disease. And yet for us, that's over 90% of the kinds of illnesses that, that we're plagued with. So that's a huge, huge difference. So the extraordinary thing about his work, though, 
is that he also found that these different cultures had such totally different foods. The Swiss, for example, lived on raw dairy and rye. Um, The Gaelic people lived on seafoods and oats, but they didn't have dairy. The Inuits, as I mentioned, were all animal food. The Bantu lived on beans and squash and corn and millet, vegetables Mm -hmm. and fruit, totally different. So all of these different types of diets, and yet they all were perfectly healthy. So that's a living example of different metabolic types. And this is why there never can be and there never will be one diet that is a healthy diet that's right for everybody. So do you want to know what your healthy diet is? Do you want to know what kind of diet will give you health and energy? Then forget about reading books. You have to find out what your metabolic type is and give your body the foods that are right for your body, not for your friend or what you read about, you know, not the latest article in a magazine that says, I, you know, take this nutrient or eat this food. Forget about mm-hmm. that. It's ridiculous. And why is it important to test? Because I know that there are people listening right now that are going to say, well, I'm Scandinavian. And so I know that I'm supposed to eat whatever Scandinavians ate. Why is that not a valid method? The only way to know your metabolic type is to test. Well, I can answer that two ways. One is, historically speaking, the world is no longer made up of these separate indigenous cultures where, you know, if you were born in a in the Arctic, you lived there and you died there, and that was it. And if you were born in the tropics in the Amazon, you lived your life there and you died there, and that was it. In our modern world, there's tremendous movement of populations and mixing of cultures. So most people have some genetic mixture. And if that's not enough for you from just a common sense standpoint, we can look to genetic testing. Genetic testing now, if you run a 23andMe test, you can see an actual printout of what genes you carry. And most people have a number of different genetic strains within their metabolism. Mm -hmm. So intellectually, you can think, well, yeah, I just need to know what my grandmother ate, what my genetic stock is. But you don't really know what that is unless you test for it. And most people are not a pure genetic strain. Most people have a mixture. So in terms of the raw data, uh, uh, you guys... The Tinkalev tests or translates that information. We just actually looked at the raw data for 23andMe and we got this whole 14 page report. Oh, the beast is here. So, Bill, two years ago, 23andMe uh, was given to the population uh, type of risk and percentage that you will have. For example, you are prone to have celiac uh, disease 68%. Yep. And the person went to the doctor and freaked out. Right. And they're no longer doing it. Yeah. And what I was saying is that they change it because now you can run to the doctor and say it. You have to work with the practitioner to translate it with a software that would give you all the right information that you can actually base it and not make assumptions by percentages. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's a, a really important issue that Sagi brought up. First of all, people need to understand something really, really important about genes and about genetic testing. What your genes are, that's your genetic type. That's like, think of it in terms of, that's like sheet music. Like you're born with 
certain type of sheet music, all right? A certain song. Okay, I was like, what's sheet music? Okay, got it. All right, sheet music to a certain type of song. That's your genotype. Your phenotype is how that song gets played. So that song could get played by the Boston you know, Philharmonic Orchestra, or it could get played by the Rolling Stones, or it could get played by Bob Dylan, or it could get played by uh, you know, just any artist. So that's your phenotype. And what, what that means, and what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't matter what your genetic test says in terms of your diseases. Those are potentialities. Those are not eventualities or even probabilities. What determines whether or not those possibilities become probabilities? Hear this, guys, yes. Is how well you address your metabolic type, how well you give your body everything that it needs in order to function optimally and get rid of the things that you shouldn't have. So that's number one about the genetic testing. I don't know if that answered Yes. Which you're not, but it's it's really important to know that, that you are in control of your genes, in control of your gene expression. And that gives you so much hope too. I mean, one of the things that when I did a blood test and, they, and I had a very high RA factor, RS factor, and the doctor, I was referred to a rheumatologist and the doctor handed me three prescriptions for arthritis. And so he said, heck no, if your gene gets turned on, it can be turned off. Exactly. And so we actually did some advanced metabolic typing testing. We did the MRT. It turned out that I had all these food sensitivities. And I honestly thought that I had MS. I mean, I was in yeah. that much, my bones were aching. I, I felt horrible. And after a month and a half, it was an autoimmune condition, right? And then after a month and a half of staying away for the, from the foods that were not good for me, my pain completely disappeared. And the prescriptions that I was given, I never had to, to, to touch. Yeah. Exactly. So, Bill, would you talk about something that we hear a lot is I only get my nutrients from food. So I think uh-huh. that you've, you've, covered it well, that there is no, you've called it magic food, right? Broccoli is not right for everyone. Asparagus is not, it's a healthy food, but there actually is no such thing as a magic food. But there are so, an example, Sagi just did some testing. It turns out that he's reactive to chicken and we've been eating chicken all day, every day. Uh And so can you talk about supplementation? Because there's so many people that say, oh, no, 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 I don't do supplements. I get all my nutrients from food. Right. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's really important to understand it. So we've already talked about you have a metabolic type, you have genetic inheritance, genes dictate the nutrients that are right for you, the quantity of nutrients that you need in order to function optimally. So that's clear. However, what is not so clear is why can't you just eat the food that is right for your type and be healthy? Mm -hmm. You might be able to do that. But the chances these days of you doing that are not so great. And here's why. First of all, the food that we eat today is not the same food as it was a couple of hundred years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago and on. Why? Because man, in all of his brilliance, has totally altered our food supply. If you take a, a carrot today or a tomato today, It's not what it once was. It doesn't contain the quantity of nutrients that it once had 
and it's missing a lot of nutrients that it once had. So that's number one. The food supply is so damaged that it's very difficult to get the quantity of nutrients that you need. Number two, and this is the biggest factor, and it's a huge factor, stress depletes nutrients. Or to say it in a different way, stress increases the body's demand for nutrients. Why? Because when we encounter stress of any kind, and this can be any kind of stress, physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress, relationship stress, job stress, toxins in the environment stress, whatever the stress is, when we encounter stress, our bodies know what to do with the stress. The body can defend against it. It can adapt to it. It can resolve the stress. It can throw it out. It can get rid of it. But the kicker is the body has to have the nutrients available in order to defend against the stress. But stress depletes nutrients. So on one hand, we have a food supply where the nutrients are now depleted. It's not what it once was. It's, it's low in nutrients. And now at the same time, in our modern society, we have exponential stress levels that we have never had before. We have stress on every single level of our life and huge amounts of stress, electromagnetic stress, stress about our kids, stress about our jobs. How are we going to live in this world? How are we going to make it? How are we going to keep our job? How are we going to make enough money? How are we going to send our kids life. to college? It goes on and on and on, right? We can list a million different stressors that really weren't there 500 years ago. So we have this great amount of stress, but we don't have the nutrients in our food supply to deal with the stress. So that's why supplements are so helpful. And everybody who uses supplements that are right for their type, they notice that. And then when they stop the supplements, they come back to it because after a short time, the stress load relative to the food supply and the nutrients that are available, the stress is heavier than the nutrients and food can handle. So eventually people come back to taking their supplements, even though they might stop and try and see how it is. The difference is so dramatic. I remember when I first, I had so many issues going on. I was taking a long, long list of supplements, but I just want to be clear that taking in the beginning, depending on what issues you have, you might need to take a long list of supplements that are specifically for you, but that's true. Sagi said, no one did what I did. I mean, as soon as I met Sagi, he was like, this yeah. is going on with you. I took a poop test, a hair test, a spit test, a blood sure. test. I, mean, I took every kind of test. And then I just, I was so tired. Yeah. I was so fed up of being tired and feeling horrible that I just, I went all in, like I do everything else that I do. And within a month and a half, I felt so much better. But then eventually my point is that it doesn't mean that you're going to have to live on a million supplements, right? No, absolutely that not. In the beginning, you might need to take a heavier amount, but eventually right. you go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can think in terms of a therapeutic dose of something and then right. a maintenance dose. So the maintenance dose to keep you at that high level, once you get there, once you detoxify your body, once you balance your body chemistry, once you replete all the nutritional stores in your body, then you can go on a maintenance dose and just right. yourself at that high level. Right. Okay. I have one more question for you as your MC and the interviewer, but then I, I think it would be great to take some questions. And this is important because I get messages all the time saying like, my husband has this disease. Is it going to treat that? Um, and I've heard you say many times that metabolic typing doesn't treat disease. It mm -hmm. builds health. Right. Stores health. 
Can you talk about that? Yeah, I love this part. I love this part about metabolic typing. So it's really questionable whether there even is such a thing as a disease or not. We get things called diseases, but most people think about a disease in terms of, well, if you have this disease, then you need to take this prescription or this remedy or this drug or this nutrient or this diet or this nutritional protocol. But interestingly, it doesn't really work out that way in terms of nutrition, does it? Because no. if, you, if somebody's overweight and they eat a particular diet to lose weight, that person might lose weight, but the next person gains weight on that diet. So we all know that about being overweight and diets, right? But it's also true about cancer. It's also true about diabetes. It's true about heart disease. It's true about ALS. It's true about every degenerative disease that you can mention. And what I mean is that the diet that will correct, I don't know, let's just say heart disease in one person, let's say a person has very high cholesterol, now high, sort of high cholesterol, that's a good thing. But if it's real super high and it's just a symptom of heart disease, a certain nutrient protocol will lower that cholesterol and resolve that heart disease. But if you give that same protocol to somebody else with the same problem, their cholesterol will go up. It won't come down. The heart disease will get worse, not better. Mm -hmm. So what we discovered in working with metabolic typing is that we truly treat the person who has the disease, not the disease that has the person. Does that, we yeah. We address the metabolic type. So what happens is one person who has heart disease, who is a fast oxidizer, they're going to eat like an Eskimo. They're going to eat high protein, high fat, no carbohydrate, or very low carbohydrate, I should say, relatively speaking. And their cholesterol is going to come down. Their heart disease is going to disappear. We didn't treat heart disease. We treated their metabolic type. This person, who's a different metabolic type, who's a slow oxidizer, they eat low fat, low protein, high carbohydrate. And guess what happens? Their cholesterol comes down. Their heart disease goes away. Mm -hmm. So we didn't treat the condition, we treated the person, meaning the metabolic type, meaning the imbalances in that person's biochemistry. The diet that we gave them was not a heart disease diet, it was the metabolic type diet, the diet that met the genetically based requirements of their body so that that power of nature to, to function perfectly gets unleashed. It's like you know, unchaining this power of nature that you have within you to be perfect. And so we find that this is true for every condition. We never treat a condition. We treat the person. This so is so different from, what is it called, allopathic medicine? Right. Uh, or allopathic nutrition. Yeah. So many alternative practitioners are still stuck in this allopathic model of giving a symptom or giving a nutrient for a condition. That's right. and a long way to go. I understand that. That's why it works for some and it doesn't work for others. Yes. Okay. I say that we take some questions. Let's try to be like boom, boom, boom about it. Okay. So as short <laughs> as try. possible with the answers. I know it's hard, right? Yes. So laser focus. All right. So we have been, this has been fascinating. I'm sure we could talk forever. So one of the questions that someone asked is that they think that you're talking about the blood type diet. And I know that that's not what metabolic typing. So I have two questions for you in that is 
why isn't blood work a good determinant of what you should be eating? And how is a questionnaire, because that's what we're using for metabolic typing assessment, how is a questionnaire able to correctly determine your metabolic type? Right. Sure. So the blood type diet is absolutely not metabolic typing. Your blood type is a static factor in your blood. It doesn't change. Your metabolic type is based upon the type of metabolism you have, how food and nutrients are converted to energy within the cells of your body, and also how they affect the autonomic nervous system. So that has nothing to do with blood type. Blood type is is absolutely invalid. I can tell you from 20 years experience of using blood type along with metabolic typing, running blood types on people, comparing it to their metabolic types, that there are just as many vegetarian type O's as there are carnivore type O's. There are just as many vegetarian blood type A's as there are carnivore type A's. It just doesn't pan out. But blood work does have its role. So for example, for the food sensitivities test, which is called MRT, that is valid. And that is the way to test. Yeah, because that test is testing immune factors in your system and how your body is having an immune reaction to a food. Right. But MRT does not tell you your metabolic type. It doesn't tell you how your cells are functioning, how your cells convert nutrients, how your autonomic nervous system is functioning relative to the food you eat, all those different factors. So the questionnaire, how does a questionnaire work? Or why do we use a questionnaire and not blood? Mm-hmm. Because blood cannot tell us that information that I just mentioned. A metabolic type is your overall metabolic style of functioning, how your body converts foods and nutrients to energy, how your body or how foods impact your autonomic nervous system. That kind of information cannot be seen through the blood. Metabolic typing is also all about pattern recognition. You know, on one hand, it's true that there are as many metabolic types as there are people, as there are individuals. Mm -hmm. So we're all unique. But at the same time, there are certain patterns of metabolism that define the metabolic type. And that's what we are looking for in the questionnaire. Because all of the questions in the questionnaire, do you remember at the very beginning, I spoke about genes Mm -hmm. and how our genetic inheritance, we've inherited all the different strengths and weaknesses in our metabolism. Well, those genetically inherited strengths and weaknesses are expressed through our gene expression in our phenotype or in our metabolic type. That's what the questionnaire is. The questionnaire, those questions have to do with gene expression, how our genes are expressing our metabolic individuality. So as a result, some people have dry skin, some people have moist skin. Some people have strong digestion. Some people have weak digestion. Those are the factors that are the outer expressions of those internal genetic Mm. elements that define us as individuals. So the questionnaire looks at all of these different genetic factors and identifies the pattern of metabolism, which identifies your metabolic type. That made sense to me on a whole different level this time around. I got it before, but I got it in a better way now. Jennifer Carr wants to know, how does the hair tissue mineral analysis help, HTMA? The HTMA is an extremely useful test because it gives us information about a particular level of the body, the tissue level of the body. 
metabolic typing, we through metabolic typing analysis, we get information about the cell level of the body, how the cells are converting nutrients into energy. So here we have the cell level, then we have the tissue level, and the HDMA gives us information about the tissue level. So having information about those two levels gives us great insight into the body. We can get an understanding of the gut, get an understanding of our digestion, get an understanding of adrenal function, thyroid function, of how we are metabolizing our food, whether or not we are eliminating heavy metal toxicity from the body. These are very, very critical and important pieces of information to understand in order to help balance your body chemistry. So it is a subset, if you will, of metabolic typing that gives us information that we can't get through a questionnaire. Thank you. How can doing the HTMA help someone lose weight and how? Because I think obviously metabolic typing helps with overall health, but I know that so many people are, their main concern, they don't even realize how not well they're feeling is losing weight. So how can HTMA help them? Well, first of all, that's right. So Guy was saying when I first started doing all this testing, like I said, I peed, I pooped, I did the whole blood work, everything. My main thing was like, why can't I lose weight? So how can HDMA help with weight loss? Yeah. And that, that is the answer. It has to do with how do you become healthy? Because weight issues, the majority of them have to do with your food. That's true. But there's a huge percentage that doesn't have to do just with your food at all. It has to do with all these other factors. Remember, I said that in order to be healthy, you need two things. You need to do the right things, the right foods, the right amount of water, the right sleep, all the good things. And you got to get rid of the bad things. You got to get rid of the heavy metals, for example. If you have heavy metal toxicity, you likely are not going to lose weight until the heavy metals are detoxified from your body. So there are many other factors that come into play that turn on and turn off your genes. Turn on the genes that help you lose weight or turn off the genes that help you lose weight. So that's what we address in metabolic typing. That's what we address in our program. We address all these different factors so that your body begins to move very steadily and very directly, step by step. It starts moving towards a greater state of health and well-being. And as you move along that process, the weight just falls off at the right point. Think of it this way. Here's a really quick analogy. And I know you want short answers, but I got to give this. This is necessary. Think of health as a stairway, like a stairway to health, right? At the top is optimal health. And different people will be at different levels of that stairway. So if you've got a weight problem, maybe you are one step away from the top. Maybe all it is, is just you're eating the wrong foods for your metabolic type. So you start eating right for your metabolic type. Wow, three days, you go, wow, the weight is just falling off. How can that be? Well, it's because that was your main causal factor for your weight problem. But maybe somebody else is 20 steps down and they've got, they're overweight, but they also have blood sugar dysregulation. They've also got chemical toxicity. They've got heavy metal toxicity. They might have structural stress. Maybe they've got metal in their mouth from cavities and fillings that are disrupting their meridians in their body, which are connected to their organs, which are disallowing normal function. There are hundreds of reasons that can come into play. So if you're 20 steps away, you're not going to lose weight until those particular factors that are keeping you from 
the top level are starting to get resolved. And once all of those start to get resolved, then your weight will come off. So what we know, 100%, absolutely, positively, 100%, if you balance your body chemistry, if you detoxify your body, if you give your body everything it needs, if you get rid of the wrong things, your health is going to increase and your weight is going to normalize. It's just a question of how many steps you are away from the top and at what point that happens for you. Yes. I think this is a good closing question. And I guess it's a little bit big because as you said, there are some people that embark on this metabolic typing journey and within three days, they lose four pounds in a month. They're just feeling amazing. No more crashes, no more fatigue. They lost their fat, no more migraines. And you see those cases. And so that's, that's what you just said. But then there are other people that say, well, MT doesn't work because I can't lose the weight. So what do you recommend for that person who is doing the diet check record, who is eating all the right foods? And with Team Collab, everyone, you have email support that is included in, the, in whatever it is that you buy. And we, so that's a, a separate question, but it's important to, to address. Why is the diet check record important and how it's extremely important. So why is that important? But then also there are those people that say that they're, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They are doing their diet check record. They're eating all the right foods in the right amounts, but they're not losing weight. So at what point do they pursue other testing such as HTMA, MRT? At what point do they seek an advisor? I think, I'm I'm just gonna say what I wanna say. I think sometimes that people think that people just want to make money, whether it's the team or some, you know, or another practitioner, but I'm living proof that I needed to do MRT, hair analysis, poop tests, stool tests, you know, all this stuff in order to get healthy. So it's not a question of making my practitioner rich. It was just a question of regaining my health. Right. Yeah. I mean, the answer to the question was contained within your question. I mean, (laughs) you already gave the answer, which is that if diet alone is not the causal factor of your weight problem, then doing just the diet is not going to solve your weight problem. You have to address the other factors. So I would recommend that, first of all, people follow the process, do the program the way we've laid it out. I've had over 40 years experience in working with this, and I wouldn't still be doing this if it didn't work after 40 years. I can guarantee you that. So follow the process, and that means start with the diet, then get with the supplements, then do phase three, and that's extremely important. It's just as important as the diet, which is addressing all of the different stressors and blocking factors, and then as necessary, go on to further testing if we need to look deeper into your metabolism to find those causal factors. What are some of the different blocking factors and stressors? There are all the negative things that that we have in our lifestyle that can influence metabolism. So these are things like heavy metal toxicity. It's things like uh, chemical toxicity, the different products that you use in your home to clean the home. It's Mm -hmm. different body products that you put on your body. Everything that you put on your body, that you put into your body, in your environment that you breathe. The food that you're eating, if you're eating processed food, you've got to cut it out. You've got to eat food that is what your body is designed to utilize, which is whole natural food. If it's packaged food, if it has chemicals in it, got to get that out. 
you could be reactive to one chemical in a food that you're eating, and it could give you arthritis. I had a client who was that way. This client was in a wheelchair with rheumatoid arthritis, and it turned out that she was reactive to honey. That and she tried absolutely everything. But when she got rid of the honey, rheumatoid arthritis disappeared. She got. Oh, wait. I'm like, that's amazing. That's what happened to me. That's, that that was gone. it. This, so, yeah, garlic, so this is garlic. the example of what I'm saying about blocking factors and stressors. Yeah. We have to systematically go through your lifestyle and eliminate these factors from your lifestyle that should not be there, that are not part of your genes. Your genes don't know what to do with these things. So it's blocking your genetic function. So this program will build health in you 100% of the time, but you have to go through the steps. Diet is the most important thing that you can do, but it's step one. Mm-hmm. Go to step two, step three, step four. Trust that process and trust yes. your body. Believe and understand that your body is designed to be perfect. It mm-hmm. knows how to be perfect and it knows how to be healthy. And metabolic typing will help unleash that innate quality that you have in every single person. Yes. Amen to that. And trust the team. You really are in in such, I don't mean to sound like that, but like such loving, caring hands. You know, every person on the team truly, truly cares about your well-being and wants the best for you. Bill, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge, your expertise and your heart. This was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. That's right. And yeah, it's like you said, this is an example of you are the team. Like this is the kind of people that we have on the team and you are the yeah. creator of anabolic typing. Well, I mean, we just. I studied in two different colleges, nutrition, until I got to know about metabolic typing. And I wanted to go to each school and ask for a refund. For the <laughs> because everything that I learned during the time in metabolic typing, which is not a course that uh, you do uh, for three months and you become an expert. There's different levels and uh, you have to know nutrition before you even get to it. It's hard. But uh, <laughs> it's not that it was hard. It was just the teacher in school how to read uh, from a box instead right. to, to understand labels, yeah. what really matters. So just to change the mindset that we don't treat diseases, we treat the person. Right. We have to listen to what they're saying because what they're saying is giving us so much clues more than anything else. That's right. That is right. Exactly. Team Kalev. Thank you, everyone. Everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again, Bill. Have a wonderful day, everyone. If you loved this episode and if you're loving my podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. They really do make a difference in spreading the word and having more people be impacted. Also, I'd love for you to join me in my Facebook community called The Magnetic Portal. You can find the link in the show notes. I'll see you next time.